Well, I don't know. Well, that was underwhelming. Hey guys, welcome to episode 48 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow host may or may not be making another plug for Rock Creek Brewing, Big Tuck. Hey, cats and kittens, how are you today? You're not tricking us. Today? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> uh, but that is a good preview for the deck and subsequently my feelings for it. So, hello everyone out there in the multiverse. How are we doing? Mr. Combo, always a pleasure to see you. And I am, in fact, drinking a delicious 9% King's Brew Imperial Stout from Rock Creek Brewing, who I need to talk talking to about a little bit of that sponsorship cash. Oh, God. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Or you suds, know, if you will. L- love the uh, upcoming three-day weekend as we're recording yeah. this the uh, day before, I guess it'd be last Thursday. Uh, so, you know, lo- love corporate world, love get- love getting that Friday off. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's been a crazy week for me because... Yep. Uh, I work in the IT industry and sales, and July 1 is when all the public sector gets Mm -hmm. New Year money. And so everyone is just like, I need quotes for this. I need to place POs. I need to, like, get with project managers. And so it's just been a whirlwind every single day. But, you know, that's uh, kind of what I signed up for uh, because I'm (laughs) sure it's going to get super dead here in about a week or two because everyone has just, you know, no one's really been able to travel because of COVID. And everyone's just stocking up their vacation days. And it's not like companies are going to be like, oh, sorry for COVID. We're just going to pay you out your vacation. So I think people are just going to start just taking time off. Taking time off. That's my classic. I used to do that every because we get so much vacation i'd take like a two-week staycation and just sit at home <laughs> well, well tuck how place. are you doing i know a uh, friend of the show tice is yes. on his way he is he's driving in from denver i think so i'm very much looking forward to spending some time mr combo's turn to drink now um oh yeah there it is uh oh, there's so that, that water so that's yeah exactly you gotta keep the you gotta keep it moist in there uh, no so i'm really <laughs> looking forward to that uh the position that i took at the new company at the, the new position at the same company has also been insane i think we talked yesterday and i was i like went from talking to you at 7 30 to talking to my manager at eight at night for like 45 <laughs> minutes so um that's getting a little long in the tooth there but it's okay she you know change necessitates yeah. change all that stuff so no, i'm looking forward to hanging with tice looking like it's gonna be a nice blistering hot weekend here yep. go spend some time with my brother um and just hopefully relax a little bit so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition which it usually doesn't for me well i hope that you have some relaxing times in your future and guys thanks for tuning into our episode and as always with the manolith commentary from bridge chaos record studio <laughs> is squee mcgee well here i am uh still tracking on the manolith thing but uh no i'm, I'm yeah, doing not good. going away it's been a good week <laughs> still we, tracking uh, on. <laughs> we uh we brewed fest beer uh, at kc beer co this week so that's our season nice. for the fall we ran the most bottles we ever run in a single run. We did 47,000 wow. beers yesterday almost, uh, which was oh awesome. So the cooler's full of Fest beer. That'll be coming out sometime in the uh, September-October range. Ooh. And uh, I'm excited for y'all to try it. It's, it's goddamn delicious. In the meantime, I want to keep drinking them before you get them. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you keep drinking them because, guys, the way that you can support our terrible alcohol habit it's a support hey. sponsor and all the content that we do over at level one game shop.com they sell magic accessories like that sweet exclusive cbd tower playmat and matt hunter pack sleeves they also do have the great tcg player store with all your singles yep. and your very good pricing we do not get any money from them 
But if you go buy stuff from them and mention, hey, CMD Tower sent you here, then they'll know that these monthly giveaways are actually worth the money. And let me tell you, this month's giveaway, if you didn't hear last week, is pretty sick. It's a real, it's a real doozy, as we say in the industry. <laughs> um, but if you do want to help us financially and be able to help us buy more beer, head over uh, to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from just getting access to that exclusive Discord or getting your own set of signed CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. And of course, the free way is just to share the content you're watching or listening to. Uh, hit the subscribe button, share it on your social media, send it to your grandma. I don't really care because every little <laughs> bit of interaction from the collective does help. In every episode, we love to give our shout out to Pink Royal. Thanks for the music because if you didn't do that, uh, I guess we would just come in silent. I just get, I just get, <laughs> if Pink Royal didn't exist, there's a very mediocre chance I might still be dating someone because that <laughs> the whole thing fell apart at a Pink Royal show in December. Hey, that was a good so, show. So, luck, luck story there, it was a great show. Uh, but guys, make sure you stay tuned until the end so you guys can get details on how you can win our mystery draft kit for four in July's giveaway. So sweet. So Brews and Builds is our deck deck series, and it's all about the decks that Big Tuck, our guest, and I have in our Path to 32. In every episode, we talk about one of those Path to 32 decks. But hey, in a cool manner of brewing beers, because clearly we're experts in that. So we broke it down into four categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. That's the grain bill. Yes, and grains are a foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, uh, specialty malts being the roasted coffee and chocolate in this guy here, usually at about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next one's going to be, how does your board interact with the rest of the board? Those are hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPA. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then the next thing is going to be, how does your deck actually close out or win, or in this deck's case, make your opponents concede? Ugh. This is yeast. Yuck. And uh, yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, your deck would be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck would be the one that we're talking about today. <laughs> Then we have shenanigans. These can be pet cards or synergies in the deck that are just kind of fun. Uh, doesn't really have a place. Like this one, I think, has the most unique spices, unlike the Seven the seven Dwarves uh, one, which seven of it was dwarves. Uh, we're calling that a spice package. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then lastly, we do have uh, a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tucks, our guests, and I's recommendations and cuts to the deck that are going to be under five bucks, under 50, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. The only restriction <laughs> is no mana only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. You know, we talked, uh, we, we've kind of went off this a little bit, but now we're kind of getting back on, or it just seemed to work out that way to where one of us would talk about a color pairing and then months later, the other person would do yep. it. So initially we had talked about Big Tux Azorius, kind of token Voltron-y type deck. Um, now we're talking about My Azorius, which is probably the least fun deck that people like to play against, mm -hmm. which I don't understand why, because I always die very, very quick. I don't make it long. So we're talking about Lavinia Institute's A Citywide Lockdown. Uh, this is Lavinia Azorius Renegade. And when I saw this card get previewed in Return to Ravnica, correct? Or Ravnica uh, Allegiance? 
I think that's allegiance. RA? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to build the deck, but initially when I picked it, I was like, oh, this is like not as bad Gaddic Teague. So, and it'll fit the colors. There was really nothing to Azorius. Like, the only Azorius I really knew of was like Brago. Wasn't going to do that because that's just, yeah. that's worse than this deck, uh, to be frank. So, uh, it actually ends the game though, so <laughs> debatable. I don't know. Every time I saw Mike play his Brago deck, he just kind of won the game by making people quit because we had no lands and no permanents. Ah, uh, fair point. Uh, but Big Tuck, why don't you read what Lavinia does so people can understand the horror that is this? Do I horror. have to? All right. She is a 2-2 legendary creature, human soldier uh, for Azorius. Uh, she's a rare. And it's funny, She the people talk a lot about hate bears in this game, which are 2-2s for two that have another ability. And she's the queen of the hate bears, if you will. Each opponent cast, ca can't cast non-creature spells with converted mana cost greater than the number of lands that player controls. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. I told Jace that the Ravnica, that Ravnica would fall apart if he didn't take his responsibility seriously. I didn't want to be right. Horrible flavor text, and I've realized part of my difficulty with reading these cards is when they're in foil on tapped out, and like blurs it slightly, so that's making an already hard task even harder. Well, and so, and here's the thing with Lavinia, and the reason I didn't initially think the deck was going to be that bad, because if you read it on its face, it's okay. So you can't cast non-creature spells greater than the number of lands you control. So what does that do? That stops the person from like the turn one land, soul ring, mana crypt, like just yeah, going. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I'm calming those people down and then, oh, you can't cast free stuff. Well, sure. Like yeah. who would be really anti that? But there's so many ways that I can force you into that to where it just, oh, it's so good. And always being able to get her down turn two kind of stops ramp you know if i go first it's just i kind of hose everyone sure. if i go last it's not as bad but i still feel like early game it still is somewhat prohibitive uh big tuck how have your experience been playing this deck uh well i hate this deck um this is easily the least probably the least favorite deck that you own i would think i can't think of one i hate more because really even, even the infinite combo ones that you run end the game right and you can still kind you of you said joda was your my most hated deck well, that's that also probably like because, that's also probably because you actually play that deck as opposed to this oh, one. So fair. I was like, when you're talking about this, I was like, yeah, um, I don't like infinite combos. I hate stacks. I hate them. I think it's the least fun way to play. But again, as talked in the uh, deck that people actually quite like, this is like the perfect pizza deck, which is weird because most people, when you play this deck, you're also kind of not doing anything. So most people they would think that's not eating any pizza at all. But in your play style, um, it gets it there. So I actually do like her as a commander, commander, commandress, if you will, to be completely hey, honest. Um, I think she, I do, I do think she's like a more fair Gaddic Teague in some sense, right? Where like it, it actually actually ironically feeds into more of the game that I like that's not quite as ex explosive it's a little more toned down right like you kind of build up however since Gaddic Teague is in white and green there's really not a ton of options specifically like there's a handful in white that are more stacksy there's really not that much in green so when you build that deck you kind of build it in a different way whereas sure. this one you threw in all of them and it's a complete <laughs> nightmare uh, so I get what this deck's trying to do um, and I'm tr I picked some cards that I'm actually kind of positive on 
Pokemon. There's a few in here that I think are very cute. Um, and uh, to, but as my last uh, act of rebellion, there are 32 hops in this deck, and I intentionally chose to drink it to drink a beer that has zero hop profile in it. Wow, just just the rebelness. Uh, now, so from uh, from from a CMC standpoint, I was pretty proud. Yes, me too. Three, three. So wow. is that is that just broken, right? Because I think it is. It, there's got to be something weird with that, right? Um, <laughs> I so yeah, I was also very surprised by that. Um, and one thing, and just before we get off this, last thing I will say is I don't know if you did this intentionally or not, but you do run like a the thing that I do, which makes it somewhat interesting. I wish that we could kind of dive a bit more into this. Is like a lot of the things that you play that are stacks pieces are like creatures, right? Oh, sure. Which I think is I like I like that a lot and I wish that we could just kind of push a little bit more in that direction in terms of some other things. Um but anyways, yeah, like curve 3.0, no idea how that happened. Uh the mana thing, was that I'm guessing this is before since you have 11 planes and 12 islands, I'm guessing this was made before we even did this, yep, right? Yep, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I can because, because that is my MO. That is, I'm very aware of that. And uh, this deck comes in at a cool, well, pretty big range, like 1,000 to 1,700. But I was looking through this, and like there's I, there's like probably 10 there's, cards in here that you have that like you could build you could build something that's almost identical to this deck and swap out like a handful of pieces mm -hmm. and cut down the lands and build this for like four or five hundred dollars if you well, really I mean, considering to. here's the thing guys uh, the reason it ranges up so high is i do have a expedition mana crypt yeah i have a uh, judge promo or promo force of will I have a foil Ristic Study, I have a foil Linvala, and then literally those four cards together is over $1,000. So, uh, that's why it's so expensive. Um, but, yeah, you know what, let, let's just get into this. Yeah, let's get, let's get, this, let's get this over with. Let's get this over with. I'm gonna put, uh, no, I'm going to put my positive pants on. Good. And try and, and to find I, some, I, I did find some things in here that I think will be interesting and fun to talk about. Good, all right. So first we're going to start off with the green build, guys. And the first one that I want to talk about it's more grain than it is hops. And that's why I think it's kind of fun to talk about. And I think it's fun to see in the 99 because it lands and people don't just groan. It's like, that's annoying. Uh, and also, I will I will also point out there's 15 options and half of them are mana rocks. So, uh, talking damn. about mana crypt. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Grand Arbiter Augustin the Fourth. Uh, sure, why not? So, well, he's so here. Hear me out. So, yeah. two colorless Azorius, white, white, blue. It's a legendary creature, human advisor, the original advisor tribal. Uh, it is a rare. It's a two three sitting at seventeen dollars. I don't know if it's been, I think it's only been reprinted twice. And th there was a run where this is, this was like the premiere as former friend of the show or whatever we're calling him. Mikkel kind of pointed out, it has only been printed twice. Um, this was like the go-to Azorius Stacks commander for years, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but here's its abilities. It has three, they're all static. White spells you cast cost one less to cast. Blue spells you cast cost one less to cast. And then the stacks piece spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast. I think from a, I think it's more of a grain than a stacks card. The stacksing thing is a little annoying, but really it's in this deck because Azorius can't really ramp uh, <laughs> right. at all. So, you know, this is a way that I'm able to maybe play a couple things per turn, knowing that I'm probably just going to be playing land go, maybe land right. rock go. Right. Uh, so th that's why I wanted to bring it up. You know, it, it, sure, you could look at it from a negative standpoint, but I look at it from a positive half glass full. Uh, and again, to be fair, if you will, um, this also is a creature, right? So it's like, 
You can pay, yeah, board wipe, a two mana path to exile, which we just talked about, right? There we go, problem solved. So um, I think it's more oppressive, and again, this is it's not your commander right so the chance of you getting this out is you know sticks in the wind sure. right who it's knows like 1.2% or 1. Point right. something like so that so like yeah. i like that in in and of itself um and it does feed into this so i'm more i used to really hate this card and i'm kind of like war- the more the more this card in particular, I'm kind of like warming up to, especially because it is so expensive. People aren't just going to throw into a deck for jokes. Yep. Um, so I, again, it's a creature, it dies removal, and it does kind of help speed up in this, right? And 100%. I think it's this is also kind of one of the, this also similar to your uh, Vin Diesel deck. You're not there's it's very rare where you're going to be playing more than like one or two things a turn, right? Yep. So this kind of gets you up to that, up to playing those bigger spells a little. Sure. Earlier. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, well, what is your first brain card? So I haven't seen this card in a while, and it's still expensive, and I, I like it a lot. So I want to talk through Dig Through Time. Yeah, we is are. this yours? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so Dig Through Time is six colorless, uh, blue blue. It's an instant with delve. Um, for those who don't know, um, you can exile a card from your graveyard when uh, you cast a spell to pay one less for it. And then what happens when it comes out, Mister Combo? So when it actually resolves, uh, you get to look at the top seven of your library, put two into your hand and the rest on the bottom in any order. Amazing. This deck doesn't really have graveyard recursion, I think, at all. There might be a card that can do it. So I am perfectly fine exiling stuff out of my graveyard. Once you guys have blown up a whole bunch of things, then for two blue, picking the two best staxy things that I can Mm -hmm. and getting those to hand. And you run like a lot of removal, a lot, a lot of counter spells, a lot of that stuff, right? And like you said, you're not getting them back. So I, I, and I haven't seen. Again, to your point, when you play this deck, I haven't seen you get past like turn six, so I really have no idea how it flows like super far downstream. But at some point, I can imagine in the early game, you're gonna use a bunch of removal just like stay alive, right? And yep. a bunch of counter spells to keep people under on the citywide lockdown. So then you have a graveyard full of juicy targets for something. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you have something to get um, the the fact that you get. The, so obviously looking at seven, taking two is a good rate for two. Right. Yep. And I think the best part about this that I often forget, and I think a lot of people do, is that it's instant speed. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can just wait your turn, use your removal, leave two up and then get a, a fresh new two cards to uh, annoy your opponents with. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. It is a card that I don't see played a lot, and I'm wondering if it is yeah. because it's five bucks. Well, and it used so that's interesting. These used to not be that much, and then whenever Pioneer or whatever that oh, one came, because yeah. this this card was like banned. I think it came out and got like banned. Like this and Treasure Cruise both got banned in Standard right when they came out. So the price is like blotted out, and now they're back up to like five or more. So, and it, but also like we've talked about many times. <laughs> the prices indications right now are not anything to judge by. Yep. You know, it's funny. I'm actually seeing more and more people now offering up their Aber duels on the Facebook sell groups for sell. Oh. Uh, initially, everyone was buying them. So I'm wondering if a lot of people with their COVID money just went out and just started spreading those singles. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, wait, I have to pay rent. <laughs> I should probably get <laughs> oh, rid of these cards. Oh, this hasn't ended yet. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was my second one. So my last one, once again, you're going to groan, but I don't think we've actually ever talked about the card, and it does feed into a card later in my yeast package. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Smothering Tithe. Oh, sure. Uh, I want to say, which one's saltier, Ristic or Tithe? Uh, I mean, Ristic. Ristic is infinitely more annoying. How about that? Okay. 
Uh, Smothering Tie, three colorless white. <clears throat> Enchantment, still at $15. Ah, that's insane. We need a reprint. Hopefully Commander Legends. Yeah, um, that'd, be a good, that'd be a good one. Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two colorless. If the player does not, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sack, add one mana of any color. Right. So, once again, I kind of mentioned it with Grand Arbiter. These colors do not generate mana as efficiently as other colors. I right. think that's almost where Gaddic Teague probably comes a little bit better off, because having the green in there, at least you could green ramp. Yes, and get, get to where you need to be. Or should uh, I say a greened? Ooh. Bits. Um, but the other cool thing, and I'm not going to spoil it now, but there's a particular yeast card where you need to be able to pay mana, but usually right. you can't do it. And with this card out, you just have the whole board on lockdown, and it's hilarious. Uh, but it's a, it's a card that obviously every deck that I personally think runs white should probably have. I don't. I can't see a reason why you would not put it in every deck that runs white. Okay. Well, I don't think we have anything else to say on Smothering Tithe. Pretty generic card. Uh, <laughs> Tuck, what is your second card you wanted to talk about? I am also going to talk about a generic card, which I think plays into the same idea as the last one. So I want to talk about land tax. I think we only talked about it one other time. Forty dollars. Yeah. Right. It's blockers. It's insane. So. Um, Land tax is one white. During your upkeep, if an opponent controls more land than you, you may uh, search your library for and remove up to three basic land cards and put them into your hand. Reshuffle your library afterwards. I know it's been eroded to be like a little more cleaner, but here we are. Yeah. So like what I really want to bring up, and like this is I think one thing that's kind of frustrating, is let's say you want to build a really good white deck, right? Sure. That's not white green. Okay. Right? Yep. You follow, you're following me, right? Yep. Like white that doesn't have green in it. I'm picking up your scent. Yeah, I like it. Oh, that was weird. You're picking up your scent. It's like I'm hunting you. I got yeah, your scent. <laughs> uh, it's Wolverine. We just got Wolverine here. So I think like land tax obviously is really good, right? Um, as it's southern yeah. time. But like what's frustrating is let's say you like, if you're building a really good mono white deck and you're like, I actually want this deck to function, you're out $50. Yep. Right? Just for two cards. Um, I'm sure in your mono-white Birds of Prey deck, you probably have both of these as well, right? Yep. Yes, exactly. So, like, I wish... I think this shows to the point of, like, where white has been struggling so much, right? And granted, Land Tax is a card that got printed a gazillion years ago, and I think it's had sure. one reprint. And some other type just got printed, so, like, hopefully we'll be able to see a little bit more of these. But I just went, like... The price of this... The prices of these two cards reflect how good they are in this one color. Yeah. Right. And I think that I like I just wish that there's more cards that did stuff that was something close, anything, anything close to this besides gift of estates or type that like can do this. So I'm well, also wondering. And, and I think to your point, imagine if land tax had a green counterpart, it would be worth like 20 cents, 30 yeah. cents tops uh, black. Maybe it's three, four bucks because black has a lot of ways to generate a lot sure. of mana. I think red, it would still probably be a $30, $40 card. Blue, right. maybe? I don't know if blue really cares that much. Um, no, it's so I, I think that I think that goes to show that if we're saying red would also probably be a $39 card, but green would be 20 cents, that just yep. shows you the gap. And I get it, each color has their own strengths and each has their yep. own weakness, but a weakness shouldn't be so glaring that it's something as simple as if an opponent is ahead of you in land, you get to go get three basics and put them to hand. And Not even three lands, basics. Complete, I completely agree. And again, like the best, <laughs> the best white ramp spell is really just the illusion of ramp. Yep. Right, 
And um, I think I think a good a good point of that is like Curse of Opulence. Before it got sure. reprinted, it was like a five or ten dollar card for a situational curse that was an yeah. uncommon, right? <laughs> so um, I know like they're just kind of whatever picks, um, but I really think that they do a lot in this deck as they would in most decks. Sure. Well, I think you have one more. I got one more. So what is your last one? So we'll get into this one later, so I don't want to get too far into it. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about our boy, the, the new hotness, uh, Teferi the Time Raveler. Oh, so yeah. So held off the presses of me getting a foily one, which I should just go and sell immediately. Teferi Time Raveler is a colorless blue-white for a legendary planeswalker Teferi. It's a... Uh, Rare. Uh, comes in with four loyalty <laughs> counters. Each opponent can cast spells at only time they can cast a sorcery. Not even gonna gloss, we're gonna gloss right over that because we will get to that at a later point. Um, plus one until your next turn. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Minus three, return up to a one target artifact creature or enchantment to its owner's hand. Draw a card. When I was first reading that, I was like, wait, is that from the graveyard? No, oh, God, no. <laughs> I was like, you actually do have recursion. Um, so there are a lot of sorceries in this deck that do like big flashy things, right? And kind of can upset the balance and that sort of thing. But there's only four. Oh, there is in only the four? entire deck. Okay. I only have four sorceries in the entire so deck. So you're playing you're you're playing this explicitly for the thing we'll discuss in ten to yes. fifteen, perhaps four hours. Yes. Uh, exactly. Okay, cool. So like mostly I just want to talk about where it's I think again this goes to show you how insanely busted this card is where this isn't even it's like a sort of piece of the puzzle in this deck. Yeah. That still has two great abilities on it. Yeah. Right? It's a removal. Um, it's a removal and a grain to some extent, right? Like with the draw yeah. card. Um, and again, it slows down your opponents, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are playing a spell slinger deck, now you're forcing them to play on your turns, right? Yep. So they can't do any sort of chicanery. Um, and just slows everything down. The fact that it's $17 for a rare still. Well, it's it, it, gets, it gets played in standard. Yeah. It's played in CEDH, and I, even though my deck only runs four sorceries, here's the thing: if I plop him down and I plus one it, now my opponents have to say, "God, what does he have in his hand?" Because you don't know exactly what I have in my deck, right? You know, it's not like you have a deck list in front of you. Um, so it, it could be a myriad of so mm -hmm. many different things. And I think the kind of the cool thing about Teferi is we always talk about how like Cyclonic Rift is super busted because it's instant speed, blah right, blah right, blah. Right. Teferi with his plus one allows you to play all the bad Cyclonic Rifts that are at sorcery speed at instant speed. Right. So you you could almost like slot those into a deck to where instead of getting a thirty dollar Cyclonic Rift, right, thirty <laughs> bucks, you get a Teferi and like ten other copies right, of Cyclonic right, right. Rift. Uh, so it's a great card. I like it. I think I ended up just pulling one. I don't even think I bought one for it. Because uh, yeah. I really don't actively look to buy cards for this deck because I don't ever play this deck. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I'm hoping by the end of this, we'll be able to take out some stuff and make it a little bit more fun. But you're you're right, man. Teferi does have a cool interaction later in the episode. We'll get to it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the great bill. Now we're going to head over the board state and hot profile and big tech. I'm going to make you keep talking. Okay, here one? we are. All right. So this is a card that had this bizarro price spike because of one card that just got printed. And I like that you kept it in here. And again, it's a creature, which I also like quite a bit. So we are talking about one of the better kitty cats out there. Alms Collector. Yep. Two co three colors and a white, excuse me, for a rare creature cat cleric for it's a 3-4 with flash. If an opponent would draw two or more cards, instead you and that player each draw a card. So again. Literally talked about that on that 40 life and a dash where I lost to it. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. 
So it made um, me draw out my deck. <laughs> oh, with the Sphinxes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, like it's nice because I like this card because it's innocuous enough where it's never gonna get targeted, right? Unless you're yeah. playing like against a Nekazar or someone who's like uh, uh, the Zira, your Zerus deck. This sure. card hurts that pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but again, those are like fringe cases, and it's like that kind of stacks that is kind of. You could deal with it. Fair, right? Where it's yeah. like, okay, similar similar in scope to Lavinia herself of that really is just trying to slow the game down a little bit, right? Yeah. That's really what this card is to me. It's a slow the game down. It's a rattlesnake, which is cool, right? So mm -hmm. if someone's about to draw, someone wheels a fortune, and you're like, ah, yeah, I don't yeah. think so, right? Yeah, or, you know, um, Whispering Madness. There's a oh lot of- Oh my gosh, Wheel of Fortune would be so good because you would, in theory, draw 10, and each of your opponents would only draw one. Mm. Right. So oh. it's pretty it's pretty good. And there's like there is a fair amount of like windmill, um, you know, Anji, discard draw, that sort of decks. Like those are that's not like a super popular tribe, but sure. they exist, right? They're out there. Yeah. Um and this is like a very fair way to do it. I do think it's funny that this card just spiked because it just happens to be a cat. Yeah. And now they're like, all right, there's ten good cat cards that have been printed for this cat and dog deck that people are going bananas for. So um again, I I'm trying to focus in on like the creature sub theme a little bit more. Sure. That's that's what's like really interesting to me. And if it's the theme of the deck. Cool. Well, my first one is I'm surprised at how expensive some of these cards are in the deck. I don't remember paying this much for this deck. <laughs> I feel like I paid like three hundred dollars to make it, not sure. counting the crypt and the force and right, the right, right. Uh but I want to talk about overburden. Oh, yeah. So sure. colorless blue enchantment. Uh, and it says whenever a player puts a creature card into play, that player returns a land he or she controls to its owner's hand. Um, I only play 16 creatures in the deck, yeah. including my commander. So even though I do have these interesting creatures from what Big Tuck has alluded to, it's my deck's not dependent on them. Mm -hmm. But you take Squee McGee, for example, or MTG Lord of Leaves with their Reese decks. Sure, you want to populate and produce like 15 tokens? Well, you're going to have no lands. I do have, so, a, I do have a slight errata for this. It has been oh. errata to say whenever a player puts a non-token creature onto the battlefield, that no. player returns a land. <laughs> well, it's it still say, all right. It says creature card, which is stupid, but... <laughs> Well, it's I'm so less excited right? now. Yeah, it, it, well, it, I guess it does slow people down to an extent, right. but I feel like this card now I should probably just cut and sell because if oh, it ten dollars is a lot for this, and, but it, like this is one of the more this is one of the more frustrating ones for me because it targets lands. But again, you you this also gives it's there are a fair amount of cards in the stack, and I think I'll get to one in the east or maybe the spice where it's like a it really is like kind of a modular card for the opponent, right? Sure. It's like okay, do I really need to put down this creature right now, or yeah. do I need this land, right? Um and. I like that idea of like kind of the ebb and flow of how that how this deck can work, which again, like that's like, I like that part of it a lot, right? Like it's kind of like control. There's a fly. <laughs> <You> okay. <laughs> uh, so what I was going to say is I think what you're trying to trying to say is the, the deck, I don't know what the ratio would be, but let's just say it's split down 50, 50, 50% of the deck is my stacks is forcing you to do X. The other 50% is, hey, there is this effect. Right. You may choose whether or not you go into the effect. There's Would a, you like to do so? There's a there's a consequence for it, right? Yeah. It's it's like a uh, dark deal, if you will. Yeah, it's very much like Sheldon Minery's, like, uh, why'd you do this or why'd you hurt yourself deck. Yeah. That, that deck was very much like, hey, there's this thing. Are you sure you want to do it? Because you're going to get punished for it. Right. You're going to get a little slap on the hand. A little slap and a pickle. So yeah, no. Slap and tickle. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh god. Uh, all right. Well, what is your next hop? 
Uh, that is a great question. So I'm continuing on the creature train with one that I like a lot. Um, we want to talk about, and actually, coincidentally, it's a very good pairing with my last one, which I didn't even intend to do. Spirit of the Labyrinth. Yep. So a colorless and a white for a 3-1, shockingly, enchantment creature spirit. Each player can't draw more than one card each turn. Students at the Dacacia Academy learn that being sent to study with her is a lesson in itself. Ooh, that's a good one. Coming to uh, an action forward quote near you. So again, I like... I like this card for a lot of reasons. Once it's a creature, so if you yeah. want to get rid of it, you can. Dice light. It's an enchantment, so it can also get rid of. Absolutely. And it also I like I also like how there are a fair amount of cards, even the last one overbird, that is symmetrical for the table, right? Sure. So even you can't draw more than one card yourself, yeah. right? And that's why I like that's again what I like about it. And it's an interesting hate beer beer. And I've <laughs> that nine uh, percent is catching up real quick. Um, and I think it's funny because I've seen this and I <laughs> the deck I've seen this the most recommended for, if I remember correctly, is Queen Marchesa, which to me makes zero sense because it's like you can't draw a card off the monarch. So what are we doing here, right? Like there's the, the Queen Marchesa. Oh plays, yeah, That's Queen Marchesa terrible. plays this like weird stacks area. So I guess you just sack it. Well, maybe it's supposed to be because you're not supposed to be the monarch. Your opponents mm. are supposed to be the monarchs. And so you get the assassins each turn. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but, so, but, but also like kind of weird, right? Like I yeah. have to jump through these things and, the, and those colors. So again, like this is this is like the kind of card I like seeing. You don't really see it that much. Um, and I like how, again, it kind of like sets the tone of the game for everyone, right? Like that's slow yeah. down. You're not brainstorming. You're doing all, you're not doing all that crazy stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, and I have a few ways to draw cards in the deck, but pretty much, you know, we, we kind of talked about it. It's a pass, go and then counter spell. Right. Um, so being able to slow down, because that's those are the decks that I'm going to lose to yeah. are the ones that are either going to ramp really, really quick yeah. or just draw, okay, I'm going to draw 10 cards. And yeah. it's just like, well, crap, I, I can only do so it. much. And so, it, play, yeah. it, pl it plays very nice with your dig through time, which actually doesn't draw you cards. There you go. So there you have it. Well, uh, my next one is a card that punishes. Once again, it's your choice. You don't have <laughs> to do it. But if you want to get rid of my pieces, you're going to have to take oh. a little bit of pain with it. So we're talking about a very underrated card, in my opinion. It is still very expensive, though. Karmic Justice. Yes, 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 yes. Two colorless white enchantment. Whenever a spell or ability, which I think the ability piece is huge, mm -hmm. an opponent controls, destroys a non-creature permanent I control, you may destroy a target permanent that opponent controls. Yeah. So just count for the deck. I do have 31... And then if you count my lands, uh, non-creature permanents in Whoa. the deck. So, uh, yeah, you know, you didn't like the uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth. Uh, I guess technically, even though it's an enchantment, it's also still a creature. Oh, so, right. you know, we, we could we could go with um, Justice itself, Overburden. Um, you you want to get rid of the things so that way you can do the stuff. Well, I'm going to start blowing up your permanence, yep. which I think is huge. I think if it said... Uh, spell or ability and opponent controls stores a non-creature, then you have to destroy an equal permanent type that they control. Oh, I think yeah, that yeah. would be significantly worse. But the fact that you can do it to any um, any permanent that that opponent controls is just backbreaking. And I've yes. tried to actually make this work in other decks. Hasn't really worked out that well, but here I think it it's, works. I think it's kind of one of those things that we've talked about too, where it's like you don't. And my advice against playing against this card, which I think people kind of figure out with it too, it's kind of like the mystical tutor thing or the tutor where you're like, you don't counter the tutor, 
yeah. you counter what he's going to get with it right yeah. it's kind of the same thing with this where i think like people will realize that oh yeah this is backbreaking if i do some sort of board wipe or you know destroy our artifacts and enchantments so i think this is going to be something that what will probably happen when you play this card most times is like you'll plop it down next turn someone will destroy it you blow up one of your their things and then it, and yep. then um dig through time eats it two turns after that yep so but again like but i like that too because again it's a modular thing right Sure. How much? How much do you want? How much do you want that gone? How much? And and to your point, that was well. This deck kind of takes its it takes its time, right? It's taking a nice mm-hmm. long stroll through the multiverse. So this is another one where you're like, I'll deal with that later. I got better. <laughs> I got better things to do. And then sure. and then you lose all your lands and just start crying. You have to go and give yourself a talking to out by the tree in the back of Mr. Combo's house. <laughs> well, uh, what is your last hop? Uh, so, stay, or I assume you're staying on the creature train. I am not actually. I just want to. So <laughs> there is um, one card in here, which is hysterical, and I commend you very much for putting it in here. We are talking a premier counter spell in white, Manatite. Yeah, you're a psyche, you're a crazy person. It's, it's, I love it. So, Mana Tithe is a great counter spell if you're playing mono white or one of those colors. For one white, it is a four spike instant. Um, it comes in about a buck. Counter target spell unless it's component controller plays one, plays one. Yeah. I so okay. I, unless so, when I first saw this, I, I thought okay, Mr. Combo has lost his mind, or he didn't have any normal. He didn't have literally the card counter spell to put in the deck. But then I was thinking, okay. What if he intentionally put this in here to be a real goofballs? And on top of that, I realized that a lot of ways this is going to be a counterspell because someone's going to have to pay all their mana with your grand arbiters of the world and whatnot. So you're like, okay, I'll just pay one white and just counter it and you have no mana left to do anything. Well, and then a lot of times what I'll end up doing is, and I've actually done this to people before with Mana Tithe and had it work, uh, because I'll have been using my blue counterspell magic throughout the game, and then it'll come later in the game, they're going to cast some big villainous wealth, all their mana, Mana Tithe. Right. Or even better, they do this thing, they're like, okay, looking around, like, he's tapped out, he's tapped out, he's tapped out, wait, He's got a blue, he's got a white open. Like, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Expropriate. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. So I do like, it's a very cute card. It's one that's played. That's not played enough in my opinion. Right. I think this goes into a lot of white decks just to have that flexibility. The fact that it's one, you're going to, you're, there are going to be times where this is a dead draw. For me, it should be played. I think it's only it only should be played in competitive environments because yeah. those are the ones where you're trying to maximize your mana as fast and try as possible, to do right? as and fast as freaking possible. And you're trying to f- you're trying to you're trying you're trying to find like the perfect line of like okay, correct A to B to C that, with this exact. That's resources. where Manatith really shines. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, yeah, I guess throw it in your stacks deck if you just want to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. So now that's, well, that's, that's a good pick though. I yeah, well, I, I agree. It's awesome. Uh, my last one is actually a new card that just came out. Uh, literally saw this get previewed. Said, you know, you know what's good. Um, a, there is a kind of workaround in some of my yeast cards with commanders. Right. This shuts that off. Oh yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about Draineth Magistrate. Uh, basically, just I hate commanders. Dot creature. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it's a colorless white. It's sitting at a buck eighty-eight, and that's full art promo. Uh, creature human wizard. And it says your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. Need I say more? <laughs> no, no. And I remember when this card first came out, 
people were losing their minds. It was Bedlam, yeah. right? And the price, of, this is going to be a $10, $20 card. And, and literally a week later, People were like, this is a buy a box promo? How dare you? <laughs> like, people have this crazy, like, weird love-hate relationship with this card. And again, to your point, backbreaking, yes. When you have no mana to do anything about it, also yes. It's also a 1-3 creature with no protection or anything, right? Yep. So again, like that's what's so frustrating going through this and be and looking at these cards. Because you really wanted to hate on it, didn't you? I, and I still do for specific <laughs> reasons. Um, but like you look at and we didn't get to them. Like I think I made a joke where it's like, why don't you just make this Magus tribal? And you sort of did, which I respect. Um, but like the the that's so like that's why I like seeing this list. And maybe it's because every time we played it, you've just been killed or like played one super oppressive card and everyone ganged up on you. Um, which again is totally fine in my opinion in the right play. However. <laughs> Uh, the fact that you do have these like kind of like like creatures that have these like crazy abilities that if this was an enchantment horrible right like there it's there's one that's like Norn's Annex where yeah. or um no sorry uh, Nevermore where it's like Colas White White oh, you just yeah. name a card and they can't cast it right which is super frustrating for people sure especially they're playing like red where again but this is like the fair way of doing it right mm-hmm. and on top of that you're playing with at least three other people. Why not? And on top of that, suck it, Duff. This uh, gets rid of conspicuous Snoop. Can't cast uh, the goblins off the top. I think that's Snoop, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the new one. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I like it. And, and like, obviously, when you look at this at first, you're like, okay, this is Hoses Commanders. Okay. Graveyard decks. Some um, Cascade decks. Yeah. Right? Top of library manipulation. There's a lot of things that this actually uh, does bad with. Yeah. I mean, a Maelstrom Wanderer deck, you're just done. Yeah. Totally agree. So, so again, that's it's like we have all these great picks, but this deck still frustrates me to no end. <laughs> well, let's end the frustration and head over to the exciting area, and let's head over to Yeast. Uh, I'll start this off with uh, a card that can get real cute with another yeast card that I won't mention. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do that one last, just in case you do talk about the other card. Uh, I want to make sure I can talk about them together. So I'm going to start off with Ward of Bones. Okay, sure. Yeah, Ward of Bones, you would kind of think this would be a hop card because this is something that controls your opponents, but... The way I look at it, this is actually more of a yeast, because if I can land this, I'll usually... I'm pretty close to winning the game. Mm-hmm. So six colorless artifact sitting at $11 seems to be the average money cost of every part of this <laughs> right. deck. Uh, each opponent who controls more creatures than you can't play creature cards. The same is true for artifacts, enchantments, and lands. So a lot of times I'll get this out and I'll have a lot of those hops cards to where, you know, you're overburdened. Well, if you play a creature, you got to bounce a land. You know, and I'm just I'm just further taxing you. I don't want you moving forward. But the fact that this is symmetrical for all of my opponents, for all of their stuff, I've played this and people will get to their turn and they'll forget and do an enchantment. I'm like, oh, sorry, you already have two out and I only have two. They're just like fudge. And then they'll (laughs) have to sit there and count. Um, And then I'll have ways that, you know, they won't be able to target it or it's, you know what? I got the karmic justice out. Sure. You know, Tuck talked about it. Do you want to target Ward of Bones or do you want to target Karmic Justice? And, then and it's you, like you can't, you can't do anything because of Ward of Bones. Right. But then if you do something to Ward of Bones, Karmic Justice is going to hurt you. <laughs> but yeah, no, Ward of Bones, I think it's a great card. Right. Uh, it could actually probably be played in more decks. Um, and by that, I mean like my Vin Diesel deck. I was just going to say that. 
Yeah, totally. Probably want to this card really bad. Um, this would also probably be great in Atraxa Super Friends. Mm -hmm. I'm only playing one creature in that anyways. There's no Planeswalker restriction. Right. So I'm going to kind of slow you guys down and kind of go crazy. So I think Ward of Bones, it, it's one of those cards that if it lands, it's not going to next turn you actually win the game, but it's literally going to slow your opponents down to a snail pace. Yeah, to a, to where to you better, they better hope they already have on the board what they need yep. or they're just screwed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. It leads, it leads right to that concession that you're looking for. So yeah, that's that's the best kind of win. Uh, what's your first yeast card? So there's a dirty two card combo with this card, um, and it's with oh, one of the yeah, cards we is. talked earlier. But I still like the, I like this card no matter any way you slice it. So I want to talk about it's a big old deep end. And in it, there's a lot of no. I, there's like this one little fruit fly flying around. Um, knowledge pool, baby. Yeah, yes. that's a great card. Okay, so I like this for a multitude of reasons. Knowledge pool is six colorless for an artifact. It's a rare from Mjordan Besiege for a buck and 15 cents. So imprint, when it enters the battlefield, each player exiles the top three cards of his or her library. So remember that. So that's gonna be 12 cards, right? Yep. Maybe lands, sure. maybe Eldrazi. Sky's the limit. When a player casts a spell from his or her hand, that player exiles it. If the player does, he or she may cast another non-land card exiled with knowledge pool without paying that card's mana cost. Yep. So, in reality, this card's hysterical because it's just swapping things in and out, right? Which I love. Yep. However, where it gets completely busted is with the card we talked about earlier, the Fairy of the Time Raveler. So we glossed over it intentionally. Each opponent can't, can cast spells only anytime they can cast a sorcery. So if you have the Fairy Time Raveler out and also uh, Knowledge Pool out, your opponents cannot cast spells because they have to cast them at instant speed through the knowledge pool. And uh, Draineth Magistrate, because you can only cast spells yes. from your hand. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Ugh. And Lavinia, each opponent casts a spell if no mana was spent to cast it, counter it. Mm. <laughs> Horrible. I, I hate this card. Uh, no, no, I, like I thought it. you loved it. I do like it. So what's funny is like this, the old school pairing was this and like Big Teferi, which costs I think six or mm -hmm. five or something. And they're just and like, I think you plus them each time. No, no, no. He's this. the, uh, the creature version where it's like, you oh, can cast, yeah. you can cast cards as though they have, you can cast spells as though they have flash, I think. And all your opponents yep. can only cast at sorcery speed. You know, what's funny is that he actually was in the deck and I cut him for Draineth Magistrate. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it's well, it's funny too, where it's like, hey, this is a well-known combo throughout the EDH world. Let's give you it on a Planeswalker at three mana at half the cost. So I like, that is like, at some point this game has to come to an end in this deck, yeah. right? And this is one of the ways to do it. So I'm okay with that. But moreover, I just think even just landing this just for funsies is incredible, sure. right? Like stuff coming in, stuff coming out, you never know. I'm a huge fan of knowledge pool. Always have been, always will be. Yeah, I, I've definitely had this card in hand and purposely not cast it right? because I just had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe Lavinia at that point costs eight. And oh, it's just like, gosh, right. I don't have 14 mana to play both and actually do what I want to do. So I, I don't know. Maybe I do just need to play it and just roll the dice, see what happens. And that's and that's part of the issue, too, where it's like, OK, I'm going to spend my entire turn to cast knowledge pool like, you know, only lands, only lands, only lands, only lands. And then someone puts in like an Aldrazi or a Crater Hoof or something horrible there. And the next person's just like, 
Uh, I cast swords. I, I cast swords to plowshare. I'm going to take the crater. Hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I like, like again, to our earlier point, this is like another perfect modular card for your opponents, right? It always gives yeah. them something to do, but it doesn't give them everything to do, and that's why I like it. Uh, well, my uh, next one is basically knowledge pool, but uh, maybe worse. We're talking about Omen Machine. Oh, yes, we are, sir. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, so you just got done talking a lot. So why don't you read the border and I'll read okay. the massive block of text. <laughs> like, you've been talking a bunch. Why don't you do the whole thing? All right. So Omen Machine is a another six drop artifact that's a rare from the Frixian block. Very close to the other one that runs in for 81 cents. Yeah. And so Omen Machine, guys, it says players can't draw cards. Well, symmetrical effect, you know, there. we're usually fine with that. Yep. But here's where all the stuff we just talked about that Knowledge Pool likes, Omen Machine likes as well. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. If it's a land card, the player puts it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, the player casts it without paying its mana cost, if able. So, uh, <laughs> Lavinia can't cast spells for free. Teferi, you have to cast at sorcery speed, so you can't cast it. Uh, so then literally, I think it would actually, uh, it would just sit on top of their library at that right. point. Right, they just reveal Teferi, it, and that's it. You just reveal it, and then that's the only card they'll reveal for the rest of the game. And so, and then of course, uh, we talked about Draineth Magistrate, because it won't be in their hand, right. uh, so they won't be able to cast it there. So the kind of trick with this one, and the trick with Knowledge Pool... Knowledge pool says whenever a player casts a spell from his or her hand, so usually you can cast your commander. You still always have access to your commander. Oh, it's not point. in your yeah. hand. Omen machine, the kind of opposite way of knowledge pool, because knowledge pool, whenever you cast stuff from your hand, it goes into the pool. Omen machine, you at least have access to your commander and your hand. Right. So if you have some sort of out there, you can try to get out. Um, Knowledge Pool is definitely a little bit more of a lockdown mm -hmm. uh, than Omen Machine, because Omen Machine, you, you know, if you have a grip, you're good. Right. But it's still another, you land this, and you have one of just those three cards, <laughs> and I'm sure I have others in here. Um, yeah, pretty much people are just like, okay, I quit. Yeah, we're good here. <laughs> I, but, I, this is a, but again, this is another fun card that I like, because it's super high risk, high reward, right? And some people, mm -hmm. if they're playing super high CMC stuff, they'll want this and be like, yeah, I'll take that risk all day. Get a land yeah. out of the way and then I have like my zero menagerie so I can flip it over and maybe cast a creature off the top of the deck right that, like that, so that's, that's so like uh, that's nice this is something that I would also recommend to you just like cast it right if you're if you have nothing sure. else to do right because it's it's not this is less of a lockdown to your point if you have knowledge pool if you have knowledge pool there's a much higher risk of it going wrong for you if you don't have it locked if you don't have it locked down right sure Whereas this one it's a much smaller risk and can also potentially take the focus off of you right yeah that's a fair fair point and especially if there's someone who's drawing a gazillion cards or you're playing like a nekazar or something you could suddenly become the savior of the table right <laughs> and then you're like oh no <laughs> we're gonna be here for the next four hours all right well what is your last yeast I'm very uh, curious about this. It's going to be, it's a very similar effect, um, which I think is also <laughs> why I like it so much. So we are talking about the eye 
of the storm. Yeah. Five colors, blue, blue, which is, and the other reason why I want to bring these up is because the only other deck I've ever seen these in is my chaos deck that we are never going to talk about. Um, <laughs> whenever a player casts an instant uh, or sorcery card, remove it from the game, then that player copies each instant or sorcery card, remove the game with Eye of the Storm. For each copy, that may play, that player may play the copy without paying its mana cost. It's insane. <laughs> and again, this is another card that you should just run out as soon as you get it. It falls into the same trap. Well, like, and actually, ironically, we've talked about like three levels of lockdown, right? Yeah. So, uh, knowledge pool, ultimate lockdown, omen machine, little bit of a lockdown, right? There's yeah. still a lot of options. This one, even less of a lockdown. If you're playing against someone who's casting a spellslinger deck, they're screwed, right? Can't do your yeah, but a creature heavy deck. They don't care. They're, yeah, exactly. So like. It's weird that with these three cards, especially with like Decree of Science, or I'm sorry, especially with Omen Machine and Eye of the Storm, you can really play these cards as like political pieces too, right? Where you, sure. can, you can turn, if you're gonna, cause this, this deck dies to creatures for the most yep. part, right? So you're like, hey, just leave me alone, let me out this. We can stop this spell slinger guy or this person who's about to exanguinate for a gazillion or whatever, right? Sure. Like, let's just tuck that down here nice and low. And he can't do anything. But you guys can go ahead and do whatever you want. And the next turn you're like, oh the machine. You guys can't do what you want. Or knowledge pool, right? So No one does what they want. Yeah, right, exactly. So I do like it. It's like this weird, goofy card. Now the question I have for you with these I'm done, right? With these three, have you ever actually cast any of these? Yeah. Okay, good. And and did it ever backfire? Here we are. Nope. (laughs) Uh, Nope. I uh, actually did Knowledge Pool at Magic Fest KC. Oh, my gosh. I think it was the first EDH. It was the EDH tournament that we signed up for. Uh And I sat down. And it was my first Magic Fest. I didn't know what to do. I was asking people, like, what's power level? And they were all like, oh, you know, like to play pretty good decks. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I think game one, I did Jota one sure obviously uh, and then i think game two i was like well, i'll do something a little bit less and i did lavinia and i ended up losing but i actually i think i kept the combo players there was two of them in check oh. for like over an hour i was just shutting them down and actually i got some of the stuff out but then like their commander could come out and kind of do some rigmarole right um but uh yeah no and here's the other thing if I land any of these cards plus one of the other three, that's anywhere from nine to ten mana. And we always talk about, you know, nine to ten mana spells wins the game. Okay. Right. Like, you, you, you did it. You, you got the mana. Yeah, right. So no one gets mad at an insurrection win. You shouldn't get mad at these wins either. Now, especially, especially not these ones, because, like, I run these as win cons in my chaos deck, right? Because sure. the reason being is it's so ridiculous that you would even be able to get to that point, right? So, <laughs> like, I'd be, if you, if we sat down and that's how you won with this one, I would be like, okay, and extend the hand. <laughs> well, this next one uh, is funny enough because, uh, I actually got a spell of mine countered with this card with uh, uh, Danami's new cycling deck. We're talking about Decree of Silence. Right. So uh, it does have a cycling cost. Four colorless, blue, blue. When you cycle Decree of Silence, you may counter target spell. Just the value. Six minutes. Just the value. Six Six minutes. So good. Uh, But really where its value comes in is six colorless, blue, blue enchantment. So it's eight mana. $30. $30. Woof. The cycling dude, the new cycling deck had this go through the roof. Uh, whenever an opponent plays a spell, counter that spell and put a depletion counter on Decree of Silence. 
Then if there are three or more depletion counters on Decree of Silence, sacrifice it. So, you may ask why this is a yeast card. Well, a lot of the stuff that I have in yeast is dependent on another card. None of them just win you the game right. by itself. So, here's the can thing, ladies and gents. You pair Decree of Silence with a card called Solemnity. Yeah. Solemnity, two colorless white enchantment. Players can't get counters, and counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. So if you have these two things out, infinite counter spells, um, <laughs> and, and there you go. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now we're going to head over to the spicy one, and like I said, I think this is the spiciest deck we have. It's one of them. Which, gr granted, you could look at some other cards and say they should go in the other areas, <laughs> but they're symmetrical hurt me too effects. So, uh, Big Tuck, start us off. What is your first spice card? So I'm going to, this is... This is, again, the perfect card for my build of the deck. Okay. All right. So, so all these things moving around, all these bugs in the backyard, right? And okay. lo and behold, there's this big old boy that used to stay in my backyard named Ulysses, this giant spider, right? What I realized is that he was weaving something for me. There's definitely something for these mosquitoes. And in fact, he was weaving a web of inertia. This card is great. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my God. That's a long. That's a long bit. Not my best. It just came to me in the bathroom. Um, so here we are. Web of Inertia is two colors and a blue for an enchantment. It's a uh, uncommon out of judgment. Eighty-one cents. Oh, I know what deck this is in. Silphid specialize in lose-lose situations. <laughs> At the beginning of each opponent's combat phase, because I'm not sure if this deck ever goes into the red zone, Correct. Um, that player may remove a card in his or her graveyard from the game. If that player doesn't, creatures he or she controls can't attack you this turn. Now, do you know the infinite combo with this? Oh, there is? Yeah. I have no idea, no. Rest in peace. Oh, gotcha. Okay. No graveyard. I, you just never attack you just me. Can't atta you just can't attack anymore. Fine. Which respect and rest in peace also. But, but, out, but outside of that, it's just like okay. And well, but again, it's a modular card, right? Where it's like, hey, sure. do you want to attack? You got to excel that card, right? But if it's a go wide deck, one card from the graveyard. I wish it was a card for each creature they have to exile. That would make it a little bit better. Agreed. Um, but that's why it's but, a, that's yeah. why it's a great spice card too, right? Yeah, that is why it's a great spice card. And uh, and the best part about that is I'm not even angry about that because rest in peace is also it's like it's kind of like what we talked about with Brea, where this is a, the rest in peace is great in this deck, right? Because as made mentioned, you couldn't possibly care about your graveyard, but some people yep. really do, right? And if you don't mm -hmm. have your Drath Magistrate and stuff out that helps them a lot right and sometimes people are going to be getting you know someone does a scavenger grounds or something and exiles all people's graveyards just because of one person which yeah. happens a lot right like there's a lot of uh -huh. graveyard their graveyards are scary so it wouldn't be surprised to me that this would just lock down a table even of even in and of itself right rare that may be and a lot of times they may you may like we talked about in uh the 40 life in the dash on tuesday or i'm sorry the what's a plane chase like you're trying to take a big risk filling up your graveyard yeah sorry sorry dude that's gotta go yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of I, I like the card it is the perfect spice card because it's very like by itself it's okay yep. it's not like you know knowledge pull an omen machine by themselves or to create or uh 
Eye of the Storm, those by themselves still do very impactful things. Yes. You just can't control it. Right. Web of Inertia by itself is like, you know, I, I don't think Squee's really going to care if I have all these other things out. He's like, okay, I have to get rid of even my Crater Hoof because it got counterspelled earlier. Right. Okay, I'll exile it just to kill you and get mm -hmm. rid of you because it's the one card. Or an Evolving Wild, right? Like, again, it's so, sure. it still makes him have a choice. Yeah. Right? And and again, if this is a this is an interesting one too because if you're doing your if you're doing your pieces right, they shouldn't be able to attack you or it's going to be difficult for them to attack you from the jump. So again, if they're mm -hmm. like I didn't want to get into Mr. Combo, I want to get into somebody, so I'm going to have to exile yeah. something, right? And again, could be a land, could be, you know, a mana dork, a mana rock or something like that, right? Like a mindstone. But I just like the fact that it does force you it does force them to exile something, right? Yep. And if you get this down early enough, if you get this down on turn three, they may not have stuff in their graveyard or ways to get it in there, right? Yeah, and I mean it, and by that point it's almost kinda like the uh, new god Clothos. Mm -hmm. To where, you know, at the beginning of it, you get to exile a targeted yeah, thing, you right. know, each combat. It's one of those, you get it out early enough, you can kind of hurt the graveyard player. You know, Marin's going to be wanting to get the value creatures right. in early. Well, you know what? I, at least with Clothos, you could target it. This one's, hey, you can't attack or do anything. Right. So, you know what? If you had an attack trigger or if someone had a curse that gives you a treasure, do you really want to do it? So, yeah, it's a fine card. Um, all right, so my next one is another one that happens to everyone. I've actually played this in, I think, almost all the games that I've played this deck, and everyone hates it. Um, I think it's fine, though. It's fair and balanced, as all things should be. We're talking about Mana Breach. So, Ugh. two colorless blue. Whenever It's an enchantment. Whenever any player plays a spell, that player returns a land he or she controls to its owner's hand. Just slow down. Slow your roll. Uh, but the other I reason I like it... <laughs> Well, the other reason I like it for this deck is because we've talked about it many times. Uh, this deck doesn't ramp well. Yeah. So this is almost kind of a semi-ramp spell for me. I, okay, I kept a two-lander because I went down to six. I play a land, you know, and I eventually get mana breach. I'm still stuck at two lands. Okay, I tap one to play Soul Ring, yep. bounce the tap land, then play the land again. Kind of hit my land drop. Um, so it, it's actually helped me out of some jams where I was able to play artifacts, but then I could keep bouncing the lands and playing them untapped right, to use them right, for right. other stuff. Uh, but then also the other players, it's kind of like, um, oh, what is that Staxi artifact that each spell you cast after the first cost one more colorless? Uh, Dampening Sphere. Dampening Sphere. It's kind of like Dampening Sphere. It's like, hey, chill out. Calm down. There's a, what's really strange to me, and the more we've talked about this, and then I can't believe I'm saying this. There are a shockingly high amount of parallels between this and your Vin Diesel deck. It's very strange. Like when you really boil it down, because you're just trying to slow everyone else down yeah. because you know you're only going to be able to do like one or two things a turn. So yeah. it's funny where it's like Dampening Smear probably wouldn't be horrible in this either, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's kind of the same thing. So this one, I think this also. This also is, if you really look at it on paper, right? It's a three mm -hmm. drop that does nothing when it enters a battlefield, has yep. no protection, and it yep. really doesn't do anything, right? Well, think of it. It's kind of like karmic justice to where if they play the removal spell, they'll have to bounce a land. Right. So it's like you have a little bit of a drawback to get rid of it, but that's your choice. You don't have. To. I agree with you, and like, and, and I think like in that sense, it is frustrating because it kind of slows you down. But at the same point, you could just be, you could just say. It's everyone, yeah. including you. So yeah. I have an enchantment removal in my hand, but I don't really have that much else. So like, yeah. I'm kind of okay just playing a land and passing and waiting, right? Yep. 
So, and then because there's going to be someone who's going to be like, I need to poop out as much as I can this turn or else, like, <laughs> or else the world's going to end, right? And then like that person's going to take care of it. And you're just like, phew. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save it for the actual enchantments that matter. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. And now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a recap, these are going to be big tucks, our guests and eyes, cuts, and adds to the deck that are going to be under five bucks, under 50, and a personal recommendation with no budget. It just can't be a mana only land. So, big tuck, I'm going to make you so proud. So proud. I'm very excited. I'm cutting Armageddon. I'm also cutting Armageddon, and I thought you were gonna. I figured, and I thought you were gonna yell at me for it. So I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm, I'm only cutting. So, little peer back behind the curtains. I, Mr. Combo, very kindly, quote unquote, reminded me that we're trying to make this deck not the antithesis of what I hate, but trying to find yes. cards, trying to find cards that work for it. So I will admit that actually was nice to be. <laughs> quote unquote kindly reminded of because it didn't make this difficult so i am also going to be cutting armageddon yeah and so armageddon guys if you're not familiar which hopefully you're not because it's a terrible <laughs> card <laughs> hopefully you've never seen this card before uh it's three colorless white it's a sorcery and it just says destroy all lands Ugh. the only reason it's in the deck and there it's just like it's a stacks card i guess so sure but there's literally no synergy there's nothing creative you know it's not like knowledge pool where i got these creative things where i can maybe make it a little bit broken or same thing with web of inertia it's can, just i mean you can it's you can delve it, it. is <laughs> sure uh but i will um, say the funny story with the only time i've ever seen you actually cast this i think was we were all like beating down on you and you're like okay fine i'm gonna cast armageddon and then actually, concede. I ended up winning that game from some. Yeah, I think I casted it and then I conceded. Yes. You guys were literally just picking on me and I wasn't doing anything at that point. True. So, okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to cut it for a win con. <gasps> I need ways to win the game. And uh -huh. I'm on a weird trance of adding this card to decks because I just added it to my go oh, deck. Oh, I think I know what you're doing. Is it. We're talking about an approach. Yeah, this this was, this was kind of on my list ish, but um, I I decided to save it for a different time. Yeah, so approach of the second sun, six mm -hmm. colorless white sorcery. If an approach was cast from my hand, and I've cast another spell named approach uh, this game, you win the game. Otherwise, put approach of the second sun into its owner's library, seventh from the top, and you gain seven life. So here's the funny thing. So I do need a way to win the game, and this right. will effectively win it if I can do it. But if it gets uh, exiled with Eye of the Storm or Knowledge Pool or Omen Machine, I can't win with it. It's the because uh, it's from the hand. What's that? It's that um, Sabine. The Sabine. We could call this like the Sabine. Um, the Sabine dilemma, right? Where yep. you can't copy it and just win right away. <laughs> yep. And so if I actually cast, if I have any of these other pieces out, I just immediately have to know. Okay, I can cast approach a whole bunch of times, but I'm just going to keep gaining seven life. That's it. Uh, but outside of that because i'm going to assume that my opponent's going to do what they can to get out of these other lock pieces right so at least hopefully you've wasted enough stuff at that point or maybe i can cast an approach on turn five or six and it's like oh well we got to be aware of that but then i'm going to be like i literally when i did it with my go deck i ended up shuffling it away <laughs> yeah and hopefully you'll forget about it and you'll have to deal with this other stuff and then i'll just win out of nowhere right uh you need ways to win the game and at least this way is a funny way to win um, I also have a funny way to win, which plays almost the exact same way. So um, I'm also going to cut Armageddon for uh, reasons as stated above, below, and pretty much why I play Magic. Um, so I'm going to cut it for a thing that will bring you very home, Mr. Squee, because for those who don't know, 
Squee and I were in a rock band in high school, and during one time we brought in our lead singer couldn't come, so we brought in a violist and a trump and a trombonist, Mr. Lane, who is not a friend of the show, decidedly not, and we called ourselves the Filibusters, and it was a huge hit in my parents' backyard <laughs> when they all got hammered on wine. So Love we are it. also going to be doing a little bit of filibusting with Azers Electro Electors. Elect, uh, elect. I looked at this card. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a winner. <laughs> I think it's a huge winner. Uh, elector. I don't know. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a filibuster counter on it on this card. Then, if you have five or more filibuster counters on it, you win the game. Whenever a source deals damage to you, remove a filibuster counter from Azers Electors. <laughs> Elocators. I don't know. It's hard. So, okay, this is what I was thinking, right? Where it's like... Elocators. Oh, nailed it. Elocators. I thought you were the illiterate one. <laughs> I am. I, I'm just a moron, I guess. Been doing too many uh, workflows. So, anyway, so, okay. The way I look at this is that you do say that you want your opponents to concede, right? Or that's a way that yes. you can win, right? Yes. Where Which is, like, kind of weird-ish. But one of the things I like about, which is like, you know, do each their own, um, even if it's wrong, JK. Um, so what I like about this is like, you, this is a card that you can then play and be like, this game has a definitive end to it, right? So it's a risk. It's a risk. It's a crazy risk, right? And it's kind of a non-bow with solemnity. Oh, very true. Very true on that. But again, you have no way to tutor up solemnity, right? So... Getting that Fair. rolling, getting getting all these trains rolling that you have are can be potentially a kid or miss, right? But yeah. what can happen in this game, and we didn't touch into it very much, is like the static orbs and winter orbs of the world that you have in here. Those sort of things where they like lock down the board where you can't get attacked, people aren't untapping, but you still can in some way or fashion. Getting this mm -hmm. down and like slowly ticking it up, slowly ticking it up, right? It kind of draws away from... It, this could potentially draw away from people destroying your other stuff, right? They're like, okay, sure. he's going to win in five turns while you're drawing cards, playing yeah. more stacks piece, right? Playing your Teferi, and they're like, okay, well, no, we need to deal with this first, Teferi, whatever, right? We'll get to it. They spend all the resources, this gets up to three, and we all know how the players that we play with are. It's Panic Town. As soon as they see something that says win the game or otherwise, it's chaos, right? So this gets destroyed. They bounce a land to their hand. They board wipe, whatever the case may be. They're like, okay, great. Knowledge pool. Game's <laughs> over. Right? So that's how I kind of look at it. Like, it seems like a low risk. It's, it's, and the fact it's five, the fact it is a creature that you can block. Here's the thing I could pick one up for a quarter. I'd be happy to get one and just try it out. Um, I, I just, the one thing I worry about it. To be, to be frank, is we already talked about how creatures, that's how I'm going to die, is creatures are going to be hitting me. Yeah, fair point. This is going to encourage people to hit to me hit you, more. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I need more ways for people to find reasons <laughs> to want to hit me. <laughs> All right, I yeah. get hit enough. Yeah, it's fair point, fair point. All right. Well, so for my under 50, I'm going to cut Mana Vortex. Okay. So not It's fine, but... Um, it feels real bad. So, yeah. Mana Vortex. Colorless blue-blue <laughs> enchantment. When you cast Mana Vortex, you may sack a land. If you don't, counter Mana Vortex. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a land. When there are no lands on the battlefield, sacrifice Mana Vortex. Yeah, yeah it, feel, uh, it feels real bad. <laughs> yeah, well, especially since I have to go down a land as soon as it comes out. Right. I think if I didn't have to immediately go down a land, 
I'd maybe consider still leaving it in there. But I've once again, I've had games where I've had Mana Breach and Mana Vortex out, and it's just like, you can't keep up. Yeah. It, it, it almost hurts me more than my opponents, because my opponents may be in green and they can ramp a little bit quicker, or maybe they're the red artifact deck so they can get some of their artifact stuff back yeah. from the graveyard. And I'm like... I'm an Azorius. I play by the rules, that's a, and I don't cheat. That's a great point, especially because it like some people. There, I'm sure there's some decks that exist there. Like again, my red to ready deck. All right, I have four mana rocks on board. Destroy yeah, them. Like, go ahead, right? Like I'm yeah. just gonna hang out here and keep doing what I'm doing. But I wanted to add a card that I actually have a copy of. It's sitting in uh, Davis's Goreclaw deck that I made. Okay, uh, it's another win the game card. Cost thirteen to play. We're talking Emrakul, The Promised End. So this is 13 colorless. Hear me out. Legendary creature Eldrazi. It's a 13-13. It costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in my graveyard. I'm going to be casting stuff at instant speed, so I'm going to have instants in there. People are going to be getting rid of my stacks creatures and be getting rid of my stacks artifacts. Yeah, Yeah, so it's going to probably cost nine, most likely, to get out. Uh, But it still fits the theme of the deck, because when I cast it, I gained control of target opponent during their next turn, and after that, they take an extra turn. And it does have flying trample and protection from instance if it needed anything else right so it, it would be nice to have a big beater that has protection from swords to plowshares and the best removal card ever murder um, <laughs> let's be honest here it's not protection yeah. for murder yeah and so I, I think it fits the deck perfect and we talked about it in the beginning my deck's only a three mana cost yeah. or a three cmc average so me going from a three to a 13 even though it won't really be 13 and going from a uh, four to a seven. Mm-hmm. I'm maybe going up to what a three one, right? Three one five. I'm probably still fine. And to your point, you do need ways potentially to deal damage in this deck, right? Yes. Yeah, I know that's like <laughs> blasphemy to even say to even bring up here, but that will need to happen at some point um, when you're playing it. So yeah, um, I just the only the only thing I so. I, I thought about approaching the second sun too. It concerns me a little bit that your mana curve is so low intentionally, so you can run out these enchantments and then just kind of hang back, and you always have kind of something to play into it. So even if sure. it is nine mana and you know whatever else that you need, I'm still worried that this is going to be like this could potentially be like a dead drop at some point. But but that's early game. Yes, and yes. and to your point, where it's like people are blowing up your stuff, right? And if you can make it to nine mana when you have your signets your other things yeah this is going to do a lot of work so it's a little bit well, of a cra- I, it's a little bit of a crazy one i'll give you that well and but i think if you look at it though like the first two cuts i've done is get rid of armageddon and get rid of mana vortex or the things that hoses my own land base Fair point. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think the reason that my curve is so low and i needed it that way is because i was hurting my mm-hmm. own lands as well mm-hmm. i need i need stuff that hurts lands that's not just so I breathe, I sacrifice a land. Yeah, like yeah, your yeah. upkeep happens, you get rid of a land. I need things so like, oh, you play a creature, you you get you bounce a land. You know, you play mm-hmm. a spell, you bounce a land. Those <laughs> things I can kind of play around. But if it's just naturally on my turn, right. or at a spite, I'm an Armageddon. It's just like, well, I guess I'm not going to play anything for the rest of the game. Right. So, all right, yeah, fair um, what, What's your fifty cut and add? Uh, this is another cheap one. So I'm actually shocked that you don't have any of these effects in here. And there's like a bunch of cards that could fit into this, but I have two that in particular. So like I said, I'm gonna cut Decree of Silence. I get it works with Solemnity. Um, and honestly, if you cut Decree of Silence, you're probably gonna cut Solemnity too, right? Probably gonna have to because it doesn't. It doesn't do I anything. Mean, it, well, counters do matter because that can stop buffing creatures. That can stop infect. Fair point. So there are. 
fringe. Yeah. That, that would be kind of going back to our Action 4 news from last week with uh, Cat Popcast Ryan, to where if I kept Solemnity in there, it's a meta pick, not because it's just generically good for the deck. Agreed. So, fair point with that. So, but um, as I mentioned earlier, Decree of Silence really plays nice with that one, right? Again, it's very high mana, which again isn't a problem in this deck, but like getting to that mana is going to be tough. Um, and if the cycling was like four for a counter spell, it would make a little sure. more sense. So, I'm going to cut it for a card we've talked about previously. Um, and there's a lot of things that do this, but I'm going to cut it for either Kismet or Frozen Frozen and Aether, which both do the same thing. One of them's in white, one of them's in blue. So um, I'll just go with Kismet because I'm more familiar with it. So three colors and a white. Artifacts, creatures, and lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped, right? Such a good card. It's bonkers. And I think this the same thing of like Authority of the Consoles um, or... Um, there's a lot of cards that do this enter tap stuff, right? And you do yeah. have a small package of things where it's like, you can only untap X, Y, and Z, you can only untap one or two, those sort of sure. things, um, which may, which again, like, doesn't really hurt you because you're just doing it kind of like, you're running with the flow, right? You're just hanging out, sure. just doing your thing, going there. Whereas getting stuff tapped, slowing things down, even if they do blow up your smaller enchantments, this is something that's going to last the entire game, right? And I yeah. think a, a real critical point of this too is like the lands part, right? So Lavinia does a pretty good job of locking down lands herself to some extent, mm -hmm. right? Like ramp and that sort of thing. But if Lavinia gets destroyed or out, it would be good to stop big stompy creatures, to stop the crater hoofs, to stop the Adventures of Zendikars, those sort of things, right? You die to creatures a lot. And by the yes. time you get this, by the time you get one of these two cards down, um, that's when people who are playing creatures decks are going to start getting into their big stuff, right? Getting into their Voltron packages, getting that sort of thing. So that's a little overcosted, but I think having at least one of these things in here that taps down something on end of the battlefield, and you have one with, with uh, Talia, which is a great card as we've talked about. Yeah. Um, so I think... Yeah. I, I think you're onto something. I like that it does the lands as well. Mm. I think Authority of the Consoles might be better because I think I gain a life. Yeah, with cre but it's only creatures, with right? Creatures. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that might be worth looking into trying to get a couple more of those things in there because you are right. You know, if someone has a hasty board and they're going wide, I could just die. Yeah. Um, you know, the crater hoofs of the world, things like that. Uh, no, I like that. Um, Kismet, man, 55 cents. It's. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so like that. So again, like I just chose that because it's a card that I don't think enough people play, right? No, they clearly don't. Um, and <laughs> you know, if you look at Authority of the Consoles, three bucks or whatever. So either way, just just some of these cards where when your opponent comes, when something that your opponent does that comes into play comes to play tap. Sure. So could you say that Kismet's going to be your Altar of the Brood? I'm actually, yeah, all right. I'm on board with that. But all right, there we go. And we're going to play into that meme in just a second. But, okay, so what's your personal <laughs> pick? I know you you may mention that you're about to drop potentially some cash. Uh, not in real life, because I will never buy this card. Okay. But I'm going to cut Swift Foot Boots. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Swift Foot Boots, guys, two colorless artifact equipment. Equipped creature has Hexproof and Haste equipped for one. I do have Lightning Greaves in here, and I think Greaves is fine because I can get Lavinia and immediately swing it over no matter what she costs at the time. I'm also cutting but, this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Swift Foot? For the same reasons. It, yeah. You don't need your commander. Um, like, the stack functions without her. Well, I do need my commander. It's just she gets picked on so much that there are times where I will pay six play her and I have no mana left over. Right. Swiftfoot does nothing because now you have a rotation to get rid of her. Mm -hmm. Well, at least Lightning Greaves, I yeah, can, you can slap, right back on, sure. uh, slap it on for free. So 
I'm going to cut this for a piece of magic <gasps> history. Oh, gasp. Yes. We're talking about good old Time Twister. <laughs> so Time Twister coming in at a cool $2,800 to $3,800. <laughs> Two colorless blue sorcery. Each player shuffles their hand graveyard into their library, then draw seven cards, and then put Time Twister into its owner's graveyard. So the reason I think this would be a great card for this deck we talked a lot about how a lot of my I'm going to be counterspelling. You're going to be removing my stuff. Right. It's going to really suck. Um, well, how about if it's late enough in the game? It's like, let's just start over from scratch. Let's just start back to zero. <laughs> uh, I want to get all that stuff back in my library, my force of wills, things to that nature. But then also, you know, we did talk about some little hate berry things like what if i did time twister and um omen machines out players can't draw cards <laughs> so we just, we just get rid of everything and now you're just top decking for the rest of the game that one thing that you get now and if i have lavinia out you're just screwed to, i win the game to be fair <laughs> you can't get a square gold bordered version of this for 500 dollars if you're holding <laughs> no <that>. thank you <laughs> Uh, besides the fact that it goes against the grain of me not owning a real copy, that I think this is definitely one of those to where if I saw it at a Magic Fest, right. damaged, beat to hell for like a thousand bucks, and I just had a bunch of trade stuff I was looking yeah. to, maybe I was looking to get another set of Aber Duels, that could be something like, you know what? I'd like to own one, even if it's in rough condition. I don't need another set of duels yeah. or a two couple underground seeds. Let me try to get this time twister. Sure. Um, but I, yes, and there is Echo of Eons. So for anyone right. out there, I could just put Echo of Eons, essentially the same thing. Uh, but I get to actually do it twice, which is kind of cool. But yeah, that's uh, what. What do you think? I, I've been I've been talking. I'm I'm kind of getting aroused. It's exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's a great it's a great one. Um, the like we said the uh, spirit of the labyrinth shuts us down right away as well so i agree with you right like i think you can do like if you didn't want to spend a thousand dollars you could also just do windfall and do some similar of it but you don't get yeah. your own stuff back so i mean yeah. if you're gonna put if if, if you're, you already have like a bunch of other reserved cards in here that are nuts like uh that land equilibrium that we didn't even talk about um, that's like a hundred dollars. <laughs> that's a reserved card as well. Um, so yeah, so it's it would be an interesting one to put into it. Um, you look confused. I don't have equilibrium in here. Land equilibrium. Oh, land equilibrium. Yes, that's a hundred dollars. Oh man, reserveless baby, Crazy. going up. So uh, yeah, and and again, this is also something where if you do keep that, you know. To, if you have to go down to six, you run everything out, right? You're out of removal, yeah. and this is like the most efficient way you can draw another seven. Sure. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. It's a good thing I bought this card when I did. I got it. God, it actually spiked. Land Equilibrium, sorry. Off topic. No, please. Spiked to $200 when Ultimate Masters was out, and it leveled back out. I think I made this deck... Yeah, I got it. Actually, I, I think I may have spent 80, 70 to 80 bucks for it. So I, I paid about right. Because sure. um, I always get them a little bit cheaper. So, right. yeah. Anyways, that was me breaking the bank. Uh, I could have done a tabernacle. I uh, thought, that I, that's what I thought cool. you were going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I am not forced day two Wong. Yeah, you're not a coward. Uh, big, and you also know your tuck. place. <laughs> uh, br bring us home with this All deck right. tech. You got no budget, man. How, are you actually breaking the bank, or are you just giving me some cheap little no. little doohickey? I'm giving you another win con, and it's one of my favorite cards in Magic history that fits this deck and your play style very well. And okay. um, I'm also doing this for the lulls. So, like I said, I, I think 
if you want to cut Decree of Silence, if you do do that, I would recommend cutting Solemnity, right? Okay. But if you want to keep that package in, I would cut Swiftfoot Boots. I was kind of thinking yeah. about like, you know, um, Stasis or something like that because it's a little bit more symmetrical. But again, with this play style, Stasis doesn't hurt you because you're just going to untap, wait, untap, wait, untap, wait, while everyone else is suffering and someone's got to get rid of it. Players don't get an untap step with Stasis. Wait, hold on. Back and then up. during your upkeep, I got to pay a blue. Right. So, so, so the stasis thing is with the type, right? Which is like yeah. so that I think that's also an option potentially for you because that only plays into one car, other card you have, right? Yeah. So, like, there's a few ones here, and it really, it really struck me. But we talked again about getting a win con on the lockdown, right? Because there are times <laughs> when you don't have the knowledge pool, you don't have the, you don't have your combos or anything going like that, right? So, what is the card that we have talked the most about in decks like this that can win the game by itself? Labband? No. I'm scared. Elsa's Sun Champion. Oh my god. Put her in. Put her in. <laughs> she's my girlfriend and she's back from the dead. So, for those who haven't listened to us ever before, Elsa's Sun Champion is the best planeswalker ever printed, coming in at $12. So, whoa, whoa. Low, you might low. be eating your words there, sir. What is the best planeswalker that's ever been printed? Oh, I'm sorry, Tybalt the Fiend-Blooded. What yeah, a fool. Yeah. The second best one ever in white. So she's a legendary Planeswalker, comes in with four loyalty, um, which I checked with Solemnity. It does not count on Planeswalkers, or else that would be Great. a humongous Nambo. Plus one, create three one one soldier tokens that are white. Minus three, destroy all creatures with power four or greater. Minus seven, you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and half flying. So my girl comes in the clutch, Yet again, she can win the game on her own. She can board wipe, because again, you're gonna die to bigger creatures, big or small. Sure. She gives you blockers, so even if you aren't gonna have it locked down, you can still go from there. And if you get her out and then play a stasis effect of some variety that locks down the game, you are still going to win the game. Chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's not. Um, hey, I, hey, I did my fun one. So you told me to try to do fun one. So I had my Azers in there. I had the Kismets yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. But you need a way um, to win this game, and this card is the one that can do it for you the fastest and the most traditional way. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it's all right. Um, I'm I'm just going. I'm going through my my cards really quick. Uh, just to make sure there's not some oh, like Planeswalker Nanbo or something. <laughs> yeah, just want to make sure it's not gonna like throw me into a Nanbo with it. Uh, I don't see anything off the top of my head, especially since I uh, misunderstood right. the uh, overburden, uh, and this obviously wouldn't punish me. So, I mean, it, look, I'm not gonna go actively buy one for the deck, sure. but if I have one sitting downstairs or if I pull one out of a deck, because it's not that great of a planeswalker. How it's about as bad as getting a Jura. Dare you? <laughs> Lol. Uh, but no, you know, I, I think once again, it's kind of like it's not to the extreme, but it's kind of like Time Twister to where I already have a couple Elspeth Sun champions and I'm not as white hot as you are on her. But if I was at a Magic Fest IRL or if I saw a good deal for one for like six bucks, yeah. seven bucks, yeah, I might pick that up. But you know what else you guys could pick up? is the ending I'm about to dish out Ooh. and the details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're going to be giving away that Chaos Draft Set, which will include four CMD Tower playmats. You can choose to have them signed or not. We'll tell you. Me and Big Tuck Signatures are a suck it. I'll uh, sign it three uh, times if you want. No problem. <laughs> and 
and four packs of our uh, CMD Tower sleeves and four random pre-release kits, which I will start to give little hints on what those are. One of them is M21. Oh, sick. Ooh. To enter, it's extremely simple. Just help promote the content you guys are watching, listening to, everything that we produce. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. Uh, you get entries for following us. You get entries for subscribing to us. Uh, basically, just do it all. Uh, we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News August 4th and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're doing these giveaways each month. As long as you guys keep supporting Level 1 and supporting us, Level 1 will keep hooking us up. But you know what? It'd be great if you guys leave that five-star review on your podcast platform or on YouTube. It really, uh, you know, helps us know that you guys like the content or if we should suck it ourselves. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, uh, leave some positive feedback as well. Um, and, you know, share it with your friends. Sharing's caring. Synergy. <laughs> if you'd like to reach out to us and know how you can find more ways to enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number 5 on Twitter, all spelled out, except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you as you're crying in this pool of your tears, just knowing that you're probably going to see this deck in the coming weeks? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I'm still on Twitter at Big Tuck Tweeting, and you can always get me at Big Tuck at CMDTower.com. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> You can reach our main account at CMD Tower uh, on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmtdower.com. Basically, all you guys gotta do is type in a crawl space, a mana crypt, a disenchant, a tower. How very fun. It's good. It's great. Screamy Gee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of yourself, how would they do that? Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can also uh, find me at Deer Squee, or I guess we're bringing the email back, so that's Deer Squee at cmdtower.com. Send me, uh, I, don't, I don't know, whatever you got. Just no sketchy attachments. Nudes, nudes could nudes, be sketchy nudes, attachments. Nudes, we'll cool just, dudes. We'll, we'll go ahead. No nudes. I don't want any nudes. Keep those to yourselves. None, none of that. Just none of that. <laughs> he wakes up tomorrow and there's there's he's got two emails. One of them's from Mr. Combo. It's like important. Please read. One of them's from Big Talk. It's like I need your help on this. It's just nudes from both of us. <laughs> You've seen it before. You're gonna see it again. He can also, on top of handling our nudism, he can handle all your audio needs and does have a full studio if you want to come record in the Kansas City metro area. Um, if you guys would like to let our sponsor know that you appreciate what they do for us and uh, helping us get this content out there to you, uh, you should really just go play some orders with them. Level1gameshop.com. And when you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Towers to know that you came from The Collective. Outside of their Orange storefront, they do have that TCG store as well where you can get all your singles and things like that. Um, they also do have a great the uh, CMD Tower playmat and sleeves, as well as everything else you need from a Magic the Gathering and board game perspective. Another way you can support us is over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We sell them the reward tiers from as simple as chatting with Chuck the Slice. Yes, that's a reward. Indeed. It's not a given. Not everyone gets this privilege. No. To even getting a guest spot on the cast yourself. Uh, with your own sweet, sweet brew. As well as every tier does give you additional entries into the monthly giveaways. And really, guys, your contributions each month really do help pay the podcast hosting fees. It helps get the equipment to do the YouTube videos. It's going to help us whenever we can be IRL, uh, be able to start recording live gameplay videos and helps us streaming. So definitely don't think that this money just goes to me buying $500 mana crypts. <laughs> and thank you again to Pink Royal for the music provided in the episode. 
So Big Tuck, you said we would never talk about this deck. <laughs> we did. Lavinia institutes a citywide lockdown. Is it as bad as you remember? It's just like, it's very frustrating because looking at this deck on paper, it makes a lot of sense, right? And I think it's like, <laughs> and like I did, so I will commend you on like, you did build this deck to do exactly what it wants, right? This is a, this is a Cole Hane in Chicago deck drink. Um, and I think it's like, it's like if you made six cuts from this deck, it would be like, this is the best stack sex has ever made, right? It's got creatures, it's got these crazy interactions, it's got these bizarro three card combos. So maybe it's like, or I don't know. Do you think so? Because again, like you said, you always just get nailed out the front of it, right? So this doesn't really yeah. work, but like, I think there's also a universe in where you play this, where you're like, okay, this could shut down the game right now. I'm gonna give it another turn or something like that, right? So I guess like, but but that but I can also understand your point of view of saying like, well, why did I even build this deck in the first place if that's the case? Yeah, so you got to think about it this way. So if I went into it with that mindset, like, oh, I could do that. Well, I mean, if you have like 20 tokens and a crater hoof, are you just going to be like, eh, I'm just going to hang back. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do the, what my deck wants to do. Um, or, you know, you have a bunch of planeswalkers, you got a doubling season in hand. Ah, you know, I'll just hang <laughs> back. I'm not going to cast it. Like, no one really in Magic does that. Now, I think where you do have your modality and choice is counter spells, removal, board wipes. Those are the things to be like, do I really want to do that now? Or would I rather just wait right. and just kind of see how stuff plays out? That's really where I think you can have the choice in a stacks deck and, and how you are instant speed or sorcery board wipe reacting to your opponent. Right. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll let him do his thing for a turn and then I'll get rid of it. But I think when you yeah. have your you gotta stop and slow down stuff, you can't wait because we've seen what happens in Magic. Like, literally with you and your Gerard, you know, Duff was kind of worried about me. Oh, yeah. Didn't really right. focus on you. You know, you could almost say that in his mind, he was like, man, if I just, I was just giving you a turn and then I was going to do something. I just thought it was cool that you had this 35, 35 right, Lord right, of right. Extinction. And then you won the game on that turn. And that's, um, and again, to your point, it's like, if you're going to play a stack set, you should play a stack set, right? Yes. So I, I can see that. Um, again, this isn't a deck I would particularly find fun to run, um, but it is. I it, looking at the list, it is cool that you have these like manatees and, and Magus of the Wheels and stuff. I think the other issue yeah. is that when, <laughs> I think the two or three times I've seen you play this deck, I've seen you play the exact same five cards somehow. <laughs> so, like, you know. Well, and, and the funny thing is, those five cards are the ones that I've talked about cutting from the deck to where it's like it makes it unfun for me mm. uh, as well. You know, I like look. I think Mana Vortex would be fine uh -huh. coming out turn six. Six, seven, eight, like like that sucks, and it's like, ooh, I'm on this countdown right. now. Hopefully, I don't miss a land drop. But when you land at turn three, it's just like, f you, <laughs> get out of here. All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna head off and maybe play some EDH tonight. Ooh. Ooh. Who really knows? Oh, yeah, that's right. See ya. See ya.